He thought it was hopeless and he only had one option. Never give up on someone contemplating suicide. The strongest risk factor for suicide is depression. Depression is a condition that can be managed with the help of mental health professionals. Call the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline at 1-800-273-8255. September is National Suicide Prevention Month, and all month, mental health advocates, prevention organizations, survivors, allies, and community members are uniting to promote suicide prevention awareness. The United States Congress approved the adoption of 988. It's a new three-digit number for the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline to be completed by July of 2022. In the meantime, if you need to talk, 1-800-273-TALK. That's 1-800-273-8255. If you need to talk to anyone, uh, 988, not yet active. So 1-800-273-TALK is the number. We can all help to prevent suicide. The Lifeline provides 24-7 free and confidential support for people in distress, prevention and crisis resources for you or for loved ones and best practices for professionals. So if you know someone or if you're feeling it, uh, you know, feel free to share that, feel that, share that information uh, and get it out there, especially now as we're living uh, in a quarantine. The statistics are showing that suicide is is much more prevalent. We know the crisis uh, that we have in our military OV. You know, suicide is for real. This is definitely the month where we need to be talking about it. So um, here's us doing our part. Absolutely. And for the Veterans Crisis Line and everyone active duty, National Guard, Reservists, hey, 1-800-273-8255, press 1. Or, hey, you know somebody, hey, down 911. I mean, hey, the most important, every life counts. No, every life counts, no matter what. And uh, please, please take this seriously. Don't, don't leave your loved ones behind. Once again, 1-800-273-TALK. And welcome to all four downs. We are at week three of the college football season. Well, I guess technically week three, it's not quite week three for everybody. A whole slate of games uh, once again have been canceled due to COVID. But for the most part, things are going pretty well. We've also got our top 25. We'll do our pick them. It's going to be a really great show. So much to talk about, including prime time. Coming to the college football ranks. We'll get into that and so much more along with Big Jace. There he is, Sean Scanlon and Ovi Munez. How's it going, Joe? Oh, guys, there's this has been, uh, man, so much going on in college football. And um, shockingly, you know, it, this is funny, guys. Ovi's watched a lot of these games, and yet still, based on his picks, he doesn't seem like he understands how it works. <laughs> oh, 
Look, he must be confused with the, the NFL in college, but hey, I'll, I'll let that slide. But uh, yeah. I, but and in seriousness, um, I'm a little saddened because I was watching the Giants game and I was a little bit disappointed. Then I turned the channel, and something caught my attention. I was seeing the movie called um, Brian's Song. Now, those of you that don't know what that or uh, what that movie is entailed. It's about Gail Sayers and Brian Piccolo. Um, Gail Sayers got injured, got a knee injury, was sidelined, and he thought that his world was the end, was pissed off and everything else. And here comes Brian in his basement, hooking up some leg workouts and stuff like that, those equipment. And these two were just were best as friends, okay? And long story short, Brian died of cancer at a young age. I think he was 28 years old. Uh, his, his numbers were declining, and it was because he, was, he had health issues. And what, what, what got to me here is you see a black man and a white man together, and they looked at each other like there was no such thing as color. And that's at the time when there was a lot of racial issues going on and stuff like that. And here you are, these two football players getting along like nothing. And it, it just impressed me, especially the, the, the stuff that we're going through today, Joe. Um, I just found it that the movie was fascinating. And then just to hear that Gil Sayers passed away uh, early this morning or, or late last night. Yeah, so such sad news. The Kansas Comet, you know, an all-time great, obviously a member of the NFL Hall of Fame. I actually saw that movie when I was uh, just a kid, and it always stuck with me. And, and you're right when you talk about now. You know, one of the things I've, I've talked about um, on my politics show, Divided We Stand, is the idea that, you know, I played football, and I've played sports my whole life. I know you guys have, too. Well, we've also been in the military when you're in a locker room and you're like on a team with other dudes, you know, you, you just don't see it. I mean, everybody in that locker room is your brother and it's, it's the way we treat it. And it's unfortunate that that, that idea can't extend out of the locker room and into people's living rooms, because that's really where it belongs. And again, I think this is one of the great stories in all the sports the story of Brian Piccolo and, and his relationship with Gail Sayers. When Gail Sayers um, won the George S. Hallis Courage Award uh, after uh, coming back from a devastating knee injury, he actually gave that award to Brian Piccolo. Um, just to give you an idea of what that relationship was like. And again, if you've ever had football teammates, you you just understand, you know, it, when when you're all working together for a common goal, you know, we certainly made jokes about about our races, but, you know, never, never anything vicious. I mean, you, you can't acknowledge, you know, you can't not acknowledge that you're, you know, from from different backgrounds and that you all look a little bit differently. But again, it's a brotherhood and, and we're fighting for a common goal. And you, you, just, you just you don't see you don't see that kind of racism. You know, again, you're you're working towards a common goal, and I think you know maybe in this country we need to sort of get our eye on that. Maybe a common goal that we can all work towards, and and just sort of watch the uh, racism fall by the wayside. Absolutely, um, we're all we're all in this, man. We, we all want our freedom. We want to live peacefully, and it's sad. Well, 
to how we are living today. And I can't say it's, it's like that everywhere. I know here is, is diverse, but yet we still talk about it because we don't want that in our neighborhood. You know, we just spread the positivity, we spread it diverse, and we, we take it day by day. And, uh, and if you haven't seen a movie, I recommend everybody to go ahead and do so because it's on TV now. Uh, so check your local network and, and see. Or, hey, you can always go on YouTube or, or stream it. Uh, but the movie is called Brian's Song. Uh, awesome movie. Check it out. But you know what else is awesome is Deion Sanders is now the new head coach of the uh, Jackson State University. I don't know if I feel like this is great. You don't think so? What? I don't know. I don't feel what? like this is great. I don't feel like it's great. I mean, what? Why can't I say I don't feel like it's great? I like Deion Sanders. I don't know that Deion Sanders is going to make a good head coach. I just don't. I don't know. There's. I don't know that we've ever seen anybody like Deion Sanders. And what I mean by that is an all-time great become the head coach or the manager of a team and have success. Well, because he's when, the assistant coach right now. When Listen, there's a difference between being a head coach and being like, an assistant, an offensive coordinator, or a batting coach. Those are different things. We we rarely ever see, if ever, a superstar player become a superstar head coach. If I'm wrong, feel free to correct me. I'll look in the comments. I don't see Mike it. I don't Ditka. see one. Mike I, I would I would say Mike Ditka, you're talking about an interesting era. And and and, and okay, I'll give you Mike Ditka. Although I would even argue what a great coach Mike Ditka was. Uh, won those, the Super Bowl. Those eighty-five Bears are are, are very <laughs> overhyped. Um, they're very overhyped, and Buddy Ryan's defense is as good as they were. Really, only won the one Super Bowl. But I, I'm not here trying to argue technicalities. Okay, I I'm not sure that Deion Sanders can teach a young quarterback or a young cornerback or a young wide receiver how to be humble. Because being being prime time doesn't work for everybody. If you're prime time, you got to be able to back it up. And Neon Dion could do it. Most guys can't. And and this is my I mean Ryan Sandberg when he became the manager of the the Phillies, I thought this is going to be great. Disaster. Hall of Fame ball player. When you're a Hall of Famer, when you're a superstar, your experience in your sport is not the experience of 95% of the guys that you play with. It's just not. And it's hard for you to come at them when when you've only been pampered your entire career by your coaches. That's all I'm saying. And if I'm wrong, God bless Deion Sanders. I, I hope they go uh hope they go undefeated next year. Well, I, 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 here's the thing. Uh, hold on, hold on, just uh if if Deion Sanders hires actual offensive and defensive coordinators and stuff like that, I think he'll be successful because you get two coaches in there that not only will they be running the offense or defense, but they're also helping Deion Sanders out. You know, but if if what they're saying is trying to get like Warren Sapp or they got some Warren other guys Sapp in that, already, it's baby. not official, it's not official, slow down, you know, then I'll say, you know what, Joe, you have a point there. You know what I mean? Go ahead, Jace. Listen, I get what you're saying, 
but this is Jackson State. This isn't the rumors that were happening last year where people were talking about Deion Sanders taking over at Florida State. This is Jackson State. It don't matter who your head coach is. I'm surprised they even have a football program. If Deion Sanders wants to take all of his millions of dollars he has and put some invest a little bit back into the sport and make a little bit more from it, let him do it. And it's Jackson State. Jackson State ain't winning a national championship anytime soon. They could have the ghost of Vince Lombardi coaching for them. They're not winning a championship anytime soon. So it doesn't really matter. It's cool. He had this sick, uh, like, presidential uh, roll-up where, like, there was a bunch of cars, him and his girlfriend coming in. He's bringing some – he's bringing pizzazz. He's bringing the primetime-ness to Jackson State football. Hey, it's a good thing. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I, I think it's a pretty good move. Um, obviously, for you know an HBCU school to get such a name like Deion Sanders, so they can try and get more recruits for those schools. Um, you know, down south, I, I think it was a really great move. And Deion Sanders, he's been a head coach before. While it hasn't been at the college ranks, you know, he's coached both of his sons um, in high school, led them to state championships. I Joe, I, I know it's, it's high school. <laughs> I get him run on his eyes. And his sons, he could whoop their asses if they don't listen to him. It's different when you're in college. If you do it in college, they give you the Bobby Knight and they send you packing. Yeah, but that's, uh, I mean, his sons are two players out of the, you know, probably 80 plus players that I had to deal with that. Obviously, you know, there's, there's stars in his sons, but he's won state championships. Um, High school football down South isn't what it is up North. You know, it's very competitive. So I, I think for a school like Jackson State to get a hire like that, I think it's a really good move. And uh, I, I believe in prime time to, you know, get this uh, get this program rolling and uh, maybe they can make some noise in the next couple of years. Look, they're going to get the program rolling, but that doesn't necessarily mean that they're going to get the five-star caliber players to Jackson State. Of course, mm-hmm. it's going to be dominant to down south to the SEC or Ohio State in the Big Ten, you know, that type of deal. But – uh yeah, it's, it's a win-win for Jacksonville State. And they, they put themselves on the map. Let's put it that way. You know, I was curious which, which conference they're in. But you know what? Like The Rock says, it doesn't matter what they're from. Because at the end of the day, they're not in the top 25. Look, it, it, it's from, from every angle, I think it's a good move. My point is, I do not believe 30 years from now, that we're going to be doing this show going, Deion Sanders, greatest coach of all time. Didn't see that. It's just not going to happen. It's not going to happen. I bet you uh, he never has a 500 or better season at Jackson State. How's that? Uh, <laughs> all right. Uh, well, they me, suck, me by the way. I don't know if anybody bothered to look up what what how they've been doing. They're not good. It, it doesn't matter now that they have a name like Deion Sanders there. He's, he's going to be able to playing. recruit. He's not playing, though. Now, I'm saying recruiting-wise, he's going to be able to get so many more names. Obviously, the SEC, still, SEC is still going to get the bulk of the you know big names down there. But I think it, like a name like that for an HBCU school, um, kids that want to be committed to that, I, I think it's a good move. I think he can pull some of the recruits from some of the bigger schools. And I, I'm not saying like he's going to be the greatest of all time. I think that's a, a stretch for sure. That's not what I was saying. I just think that he'll be a solid head coach, and uh, Jackson State could could make some noise. Here's a statement from Dennis Carnes when he says, my reporter friend, who is a reporter, John Anderson in Tyler, Texas, just covered one of Deion's 
high school teams games. Dion's speech was excellent, and we need more of those speech bolding our youths. And you're absolutely right. I mean, he can mold them. You know, change the culture at wherever he's at, Jackson State, or if he moves somewhere else later down the years, if he's able to make a positive. And, I, and I'm good. I'm glad that we're, we're using that word constantly, positivity, because that's what we need. You know, we need that motivation. And like I said, we're not saying that they're going to be national champions, but if they turn that program around, that'll be a success for Deion Sanders and good for him. But um, <laughs> I know Joe is like, what in the world is going on? I'm not counting any of my check-ins at this point. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> not a not a single one. Right. Not a one. All right. Hey, let's uh, recap some of the games that happened this past uh, this past week here. We'll start with uh, Tulsa and Oklahoma State. Uh, look, Tulsa was leading at the end of the third quarter, 7-3, and then all of a sudden, Chubba Hubbard rushed for a touchdown. They took the lead thereafter, 16-7. to Guys, Big 12, once again, is disappointing. Yo, if it wasn't for true freshmen, Shane Illingworth, uh, they they probably don't win this football game. And Tulsa was playing without their best uh, running back. So uh, Oklahoma State certainly got lucky in this one. Um, yeah, I had to figure at some point Hubbard was, was going to get it together. He certainly waited till uh, late in the game, too. He still ended up running for uh, uh, over 100 yards, so... You know, it, it worked out, but not a, not not a great showing uh, no. by any stretch, especially uh, for a team uh, who who's just debuting. And, and and Tulsa's not good. And Oklahoma State is now without a starting quarterback, as quarterback Spencer Sanders will miss the rest of the season due to his thumb. So bye bye quarterback, and who knows if his replacement is just as good. So there's just more trouble for them. Uh, I think whoever replaces him, I think they'll be okay. This was their first game thus far. Uh, it is interesting. Uh, it was a rough one. Uh, it sucks that Spencer Sanders is going to miss the rest of the season. He was, uh, I personally think, the best freshman quarterback last year, and I was excited. Uh, but this was a real letdown. They have ex- a lot of offensive weapons in Hubbard and also Tylen Wallace, uh, their star wide receiver. So, uh, this was just a letdown game. Um, I, I, I'm excited. I, I still think there might be something going on in Oklahoma State. Uh, I think they, if they could get it together, they can compete with the Oklahomas and the Texases in the Big 12, but mm-hmm. they need to figure it out because uh, this was not a good showing. Yeah, um, it was an ugly game overall for Oklahoma State. Um, obviously losing their quarterback and just not being able to get the – their stars going. Um, I th- I thought going into the year that they would have a decent shot at um you know contending for the Big Twelve. But after after seeing this outing, um, I would expect a lot more from their offense. You know, obviously their defense played all right. Um, Tulsa doesn't have a great offense, but I, I definitely expected a lot more. And um, uh, yeah, it was it was disappointing to see for Oklahoma State. By the way, I made a mistake. Um, Hubbard actually finished with ninety three yards. He did not get to 100, which snapped an 11-game streak with 100 yards or more. So uh, I stand corrected. But uh, that notion that this team definitely uh, struggled and, and and definitely has to get the ship right if, if you can't – you got to struggle with Tulsa. Boy, you're in, you're in some serious trouble. Hey, but at least they got a kicker. 
Yeah, hey, you know what? It's what it's all about, especially in college, man. You know, there, there, you, you, you see it in college, boy. How important having a good kicker is, lifesaver in this case. Absolutely, absolutely. But uh, hey, another game to cover, which was an outstanding game for for towards the end. But Miami defeating Louisville, forty-seven thirty-four. Uh, King threw eight, eight, 18 out of thirty, three hundred twenty-five yards, three touchdowns. But man. You know, Cameron Harris, nine carries, 134 yards. And then wide receiver Brandon Jordan, seven receptions, 120 yards. I mean, these guys, it, this is a complete team. And we haven't seen Miami as complete as what they are right now. Not saying they're going to go past Clemson, but, man, they are so superb than last year. Yeah, um, uh, yeah, I think it was a great, great game for Miami. Um, in the rankings this week, I put them in my top ten. Uh, I love what their offense is doing. I, I had him at number 10, but um, Derek King is just super explosive. Um, I loved what he did at Houston last year, and um, he's, he's got it going this year for Manny Diaz and the Miami Hurricanes. So who knows? The U uh, might be able to make some noise in the ACC this year. Uh, I don't see them beating Clemson, obviously, but uh, maybe they have a chance to get to the, the ACC championship game if they could um, beat the likes of Virginia Tech and, and North Carolina. But a uh, really good start for uh, the U to start the year. You know, Louisville certainly lit it up on offense as well. Uh, Miami's defense struggled at times, but, you know, they certainly got some fast guys over there uh, at at Louisville. Two big turnovers, though, um, you know, really made all the difference in the game by that Miami defense. So they got to feel good about this one. Absolutely. And I see big, big things happening for Malik Cunningham. Uh, This guy, he, he has high potential. We could see him, you know, Hopefully he sticks around to his senior year and gets get a high draft pick in the NFL. But Louisville, we're going to talk about that team later on. Uh, the upset special was Marshall defeating Appalachian State. Uh, Marshall, I mean, this this game was actually uh, a good defensive game. Mad respect to both teams, but of course there has to be a winner. And congratulations to Marshall. Uh, a job well done. Marshall had not beat a ranked opponent at home since 1976. I was one years old when that happened, and they hadn't beat a ranked opponent since 2003 when they beat Kansas State. So what a huge win for these guys. You know, it's funny. I remember everybody was talking about what about Appalachian State and, uh, you know, what if they're undefeated? Well, I told you last week we wouldn't have to worry about that when the thundering herd. That's that's how it went down, boys. Is that right? Told Just you. like that? Just like that. <laughs> you know what else went down? I'm going to tell you what solved. went down. I'm going to tell you what went down. Oh, and it just happened like movie. two weeks ago when I was trying to tell Jace that, bam, Navy is better than what they are. And they showed in the last two quarters of the game that, hey, they deserve to be recognized. They came back 27 what? straight points in the second half to defeat Tulane, 27 to 24 Man, yeah, 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 yeah. twenty-four yeah. to nothing in a college football game. Your defense for Navy is—they came back from twenty-four nothing on Tulane. Tulane, man, bro, like they got—they got, they, they got yeah. shut out six, no, stop three it. quarters, <laughs> and you're not gonna get. You're not going to give BYU respect. You're not. Gonna I already told Tulane you I wasn't respect, until, even look, though they don't really deserve it after blowing that. Nope. But I'm, dude, sorry, I'm, I'm not sold in BYU, but I am sold that Navy is back. 
<laughs> and you're gonna you're gonna see them play Navy football and the way they're supposed to play. Navy Bottom had line. Navy ran two plays in two lane territory in the entire first half. Yeah, I mean that was strong. Offensive was. incompetence at its absolute finest. Uh, an offense you've been running for about fifty years. Are you kidding me? You you hey. couldn't get nothing going. Hey man, that coach, back. that back coach went in there and said, "Yo, you don't play. I'm gonna put my foot up, sit up your." And that's what happened. I'm telling you, man. Don't sleep on Navy. Do not sleep on Navy. Don't sleep on BYU. Oh, wait I a will. minute. Hold on. Do you remember what I said right off the top? No. I Obi definitely. watches so many games and somehow walks away <laughs> with like. And yeah, and yeah, and yeah, me and Jace tied six and two this past week. <laughs> that does, yeah. That says yeah. more about Jace than it does you. Don't worry. We got college pick on sponsored by Dennis Carnes with my OB opposite choice. Okay. <laughs> so, hey, but hey, cut more college football news here, real quick. Notre Dame Wake Forest football game is scheduled for Saturday, has been postponed after the Irish announced 13 players are in isolation due to COVID 19. It's optional whether or not they're going to have the game on October 3rd. More to follow on that. We also have the Big Ten to compete eight games in eight weeks. Uh, the Big Ten Championship is scheduled for December 19. That could be a concern there. I'm not really sold on this COVID thing and how they could do this eight games, eight weeks. So no one's really gave an explanation in case they miss a game. But uh, for right now, it's eight games all the way through the championship. Uh, Ohio State is favored to win it, to go 9-0, and and expected to be in the uh, college playoffs. SEC LSU had 14 players in the draft to the NFL. Uh, so they got a new roster, plus they got a new offensive and defensive coordinator that had left to the NFL. And lastly, Tulsa, Arkansas State, South Florida, and Florida Atlantic, and North Texas and Houston, all games have been postponed due to COVID-19. We've got a couple more notes for you here for the week. Miami confirmed quarterback Tate Martell's opted out of playing this season. He had transferred from Ohio State, played in five games. Uh, he's all set for the year. Uh, Missouri had 12 players initially. That would be sideline for the game Saturday against Alabama. Apparently, five of those guys have cleared protocol, so they will be there. So just seven guys will be out. And UMass, which you'll recall, canceled its fall football season about a month and a half ago says it plans on playing a limited number of games beginning in mid-October. They'll announce their opponents as soon as they start booking them. <laughs> I wonder right. if UConn's going to follow suit because they've been uh, very, very quiet. I'm <laughs> sure I'm not. sure UMass is hoping that UConn wants to play some football because <laughs> I don't see anybody lighting up. I don't see anybody <laughs> lighting up like to fill UMass's dance card. You know what I mean? Also, to add on to the Big Ten, also for their championship weekend, they aren't just going to do the Big Ten championship. They're going to do the one from each side against the one from each side in the championship and then just go down. So we will be getting a whole stacked day of games of Big Ten football that championship weekend. Hmm. Wow. this is It's incredible how I just wish the Big Ten should have just stayed and and just started from the beginning, listen to the other conferences, see how they were doing. You know what I mean? I, I'm just, I'm a big fan of the bubble. I think they should have done that. I think everybody should have done that. 
But uh, it is what it is, man. You know, it's a pressure, man. You said it before last two weeks ago, Joe. You know, when the, when the ball goes rolling, politics start getting involved. There's a lot of pressure. And then and, and it's, look, Big Ten is coming. And who knows what the Pac-12 will do later on. Yeah, you know, I, I mean, I, I'm sure we'll talk about this in a minute, but there's got to be a lot of concern going forward. You got some teams playing eight games, some might be playing six, some playing 11, and we haven't determined what bowl eligibility looks like. I mean, it, it, like they 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 had all this stuff and all this time to plan and talk about all this stuff, and nobody thought about like the most basic thing. And also, you know, I understand that we live in a weird world, and if you're going to do the bubble, like, that's great and all that, but is there a reason why every single sports postseason has to be, like, changed in some way? Like, we're at, I don't understand this. I, don't, I really don't understand what, why, why all the extra effort uh, to, to the postseasons. I, I don't understand what that's doing. I, I don't understand either, but, hey, um, does anybody, either of you, have a thought? I mean, I don't understand. Like, why can't we just get the sport that we like and, like, it just unfolds as it normally would, but with less games? If any sport needs a change to their postseason, it's college football, though. Like, just four out of all the teams in the country. Yeah, uh, but you're talking about 127 right. colleges. You know what I mean? I mean, how – I mean, it is – it's better than what it was before. We don't have to rely on on a certain poll to be like the top two teams go for the championship. It's still going to benefit the big dogs because it always does. So what you say, top eight make it to the playoffs? You think that's satisfied? Top eight, Uh, top six. um, You can make other stuff work. Top 16, I think that's – if you do a top 16, like, tournament. Yeah, but you're talking about a lot of games that's going to be played. Four games. It's just more bowl games, more opportunities. For so, them. are they playing less in regular season, or are they going to play a total? The champion it plays a total of sixteen games in the season. You're already playing less games for a lot of these places. Well, they're averaging twelve games every year, except for this. No, I, I understand that. Well, again, you're going to run into the problem of of you know how, what what if one team's eight zero and I'm eleven and two? Who's better? Me. I'm better. Which one are you? The opposite. You're not Navy, <laughs> that's for sure. No, I'm Army, baby. Don't get it <laughs> hey, but hey, let's move on here to the leaderboards here. We have uh, six quarterbacks who have thrown over four touchdown passes. They have zero interceptions. And I'm going to ask you guys, we'll go around. We'll start with you, Joe. Out of these six quarterbacks, who you think has the high potential of winning the Heisman at that current in this current state. Look, I think this award is obviously Trevor Lawrence's to lose. You know, let's be honest. I mean, if Trevor Lawrence has a Trevor Lawrence kind of season, then Trevor Lawrence wins it. But I've got my eye on De'Eric King because uh, I think he's got some superstar quality about him. And uh, man, if he can get it going at the U. He'd definitely be a he'd definitely be a contender. So I don't know. We'll see what happens. But I, I think this is easy. Everybody wants. Tre- We've already crowned Trevor Lawrence the first round pick and the Heisman Trophy winner. He's just got to do his part. All right. Uh, 
I, I like De'Ara King a lot just because of his ability to make it get going with his feet. But I'm rocking it right now. I'm rocking the Longhorns. Hook them horns. Sam Ellinger, I, I think this year is going to be Texas' year to take over the Big 12. Uh, Big 12 does not like to play defense, so he will be putting up some massive numbers. Um, I, I think he gets it done. He leads him, and uh, he might find himself in the Heisman. I, I do think Trevor Lawrence, he will be number one overall pick. He just has that uh, pretty much in lock. But when it comes to putting up numbers, they, they run the football a lot. They play a lot of smart football, so he's not going to have the the stats like a Sam Ellinger will. So that's why I think Sam Ellinger is going to get the Heisman. By the way, good move, Ovi, walking away as Jay started talking. You didn't miss anything. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Yeah, uh, for my pick, uh, I mean, Joe. Well, I heard, I heard. (laughs) Yeah, uh, Joe took my guy in, Derek King. Uh, I really like him a lot. So if I would have to go with another one that wasn't Trevor Lawrence, I'd I'd probably bring up Spencer Rattler, um, who's looked. They haven't played really anyone in the first two weeks, but he has looked great. Um, obviously with the history of Oklahoma quarterbacks with, you know, Baker and Kyler Murray and Jalen Hurts, um, Lincoln Riley always has them ready to go. So I, I think in his first year um, as a full-time starter, he's already proved that, you know, he can put up the numbers, um, throws a lot of touchdowns, doesn't turn the ball over a lot. So um, Oklahoma always has the explosive offense. I, I could see him uh, realistically finishing in the top three for Heisman, um, maybe even going and winning it. But I, I, you guys brought good points. Uh, I'm not a big fan of Sam Ellinger. I thought that um, he, he starts off good the first half of the season, but then he finds himself down slow. And he, he's a risk taker. And sometimes being risky, you, you create a lot of turnovers. Uh, Spencer Rattler, you hit it r- right on the bat, Sean. I mean, that, that program is always designed to have good quarterbacks to at least be contenders for the Heisman. But – Joe, you hit it on point. Trevor Lawrence is, is there for him. You know, only he could lose it. And I don't think that uh, they'll be unanimous. I don't know. He may, he'll make, he may uh, set a record for the most first ballot ballot or something like that. I don't know how they do it there. But uh, I might set a record. So, uh, but hey, SEC football is going to begin this weekend. Yes, finally. I can't wait to see my Bulldogs actually represent. That's right. This is what happened uh, in the last decade, the SEC championship. Yes, Alabama. They rolled on their way through uh, five victories. And hopefully uh, they they ease off a little bit and allow some room for my Georgia. But, uh, of course, last year, LSU dominant. They are the champions. And it moves on to this. Talking about quarterbacks. These are the quarterbacks they're talking about in the SEC in Georgia. We still don't know if DeJuan Mathis or, or JT Daniels is going to be the starting quarterback. We might not find out till Saturday who's going to be the one. Uh, but the sleeper I, I, I'm, th- I'm taking is Bo Nix. Uh, no one's really talking about him, but he's been progressed every year. And if, if Alabama is going to win that division in the West, they're going to have to go through Auburn. They have to go through Nix. Well, I'll take Mac Jones. Uh, I think he might be the best of this bunch. Uh, guy's been there, done that. I feel really good about him and about Alabama. 
I think he's going to have an outstanding year. I think Brennan will certainly uh, – I think Brennan has a chance to be very good. He's got big shoes to fill, obviously, uh, you know, and, and maybe in a regular year where there wasn't, you know, abbreviated camp and living in, you know, COVIDville, which is so weird. I think I think you could say, yeah, yeah maybe big things for him. But to me, I, I just think Mac Jones is in a, a really good spot right now. Uh, with a really good team. So I, I'd expect big things from him. Kyle Trask before last year did not start a game until his not start a game after his freshman year of high school. Mac Jones, bum. He'll lose his job to to his younger brother. Miles Brennan, though like OV mentioned earlier, everyone of note from the uh Tigers last year. They moved on. They're going to be buns. Bo Nix, something about him, he, he's known for making those moments, uh, winning week one against uh, Oregon last year in his first ever start, and then uh, being able to lead the Tigers over uh, Bama was also really big. So keep an eye out for him. But I'm going to do it. I'm going to go with my Pac-12 guy, JT Daniels. This dude can light it up. This dude's got the best arm out of all of them. This dude will make you pay by the air. And he, he he's going to be dominant. They, out of all, of all of these guys up here, JT Daniels is the only one that's NFL quality. Well, correction oh. there. Hold on, Sean. Correction there. Talia is no longer in Alabama. He actually transferred to Maryland. So, oh, so they're screwed even more. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead, Son. Um, yeah, I, I agree with what Jace was saying about Kyle Trask. Um, you know, he took over for the starting job um, a little bit into the year last year. Uh, he had them in some really uh, tight games down to the stretch of the season. Uh, I think Florida wants to make some noise this year, too. Um, you know, the Gators have been down and out in the SEC for a while. Um, finally, last year, you know, kind of making their way back up. But uh, I, I think he put up some impressive numbers last year. Um, he had some really good games, and uh, I expect him to have a good year. But I, And then I also think um, Mac Jones, I think he's a pretty good, uh, pretty solid option. Obviously, when Tua got hurt last year, we saw him in the Iron Bowl. They didn't end up beating Auburn, but he had a heck of a game. Um, that was a great game to watch. But I think not to sleep on Mac Jones, I think he's not as great as Tua. I don't think he'll live up to that reputation, but uh, I don't think he's, he's too far behind either. He's got some great weapons, man, and uh, Najee Harris and uh, Devontae Smith and Jalen Waddle. I mean, he's he's got guys to get the ball into their hands, and good things are going to happen. So I, I would bet, uh, Jace, that he will um, finish this season as the best quarterback in the SEC. All right. I don't know about that. <laughs> oh, you gotta say it's all right, man. Come on, no, come no, off, no. man. He, he's, he's buns. He the only reason. First off, <laughs> no, get angry. Is get not, angry. Hold on, I'm trying to make my point. Do it. The SEC is not a quarterback division. <laughs> no, it's not. Joe Burrow. Joe, cool. You got another Joe. name for me? You gonna bring up AJ McCarron? What's uh, he so, doing now? What Cam, you say, this is not uh, a quarterback. A couple examples. Wait, did anybody bring up? Did anybody mention one Tua? Year wonders? Yeah, one I year wonder. wonders. No, no, no. Tua, not Tua. Okay, but it's not. It's I not. I just made my point. Then, so what are you talking about? Can I get to my point? Yes. 
<laughs> There's a lot of points here. <laughs> they aren't going. No quarterback is going to win these teams' games. They're going to win based off their defense, their running game, especially Georgia. But if you, out of any of those quarterbacks, you need to make a game-winning drive, JT Daniels is going to be the one to carry that team. None of them will. They, they, their heads are just way too far up their rear ends. Well, I don't know. I got to disagree with you there because Jones has experience. He did he go win last year. But the games he played, he really? couldn't make the key throw really? like Tua could. Hold on he for a couldn't. second. Oh, is it because he's a backup? What are you talking about? Tua got oh, geez, he, he didn't. He didn't win a. He, he didn't win. He didn't win a, a bowl game as a backup. Or that's your argument against Mac Jones? Are you joking? That's not my argument. That sounds. That's all I heard. Had all these weapons. That's all I heard. Jared Judy got I mean, no Jared practice Judy. time. What are you talking about? No practice time. He's on the, the practice field just as much as Tua. To prepare Stop and being a hater. And lost. No, JT Mac Daniels Jones will show you what's go. up. Well, I'll tell you what. We'll talk about Mac Jones next week when we do the recap of week four games. But let's look at the week three games. Uh, a recap of what happened all around the top 25. Five yards on the carry to McClellan, his first since the 2018 campaign. And on the end of the round, Trey Tucker breaks inside past the five and scores. Two tight ends into the game. Lawrence, quarterback, keeper, and in for six. Third rushing touchdown of the season for the junior. Second down. Mitchell to the edge at the 10, at the five, and the raging Cajuns move to 2-0. Not touched across the 20. It's a race that he'll win. Touchdown, Notre Dame. Sanders and Bullock combined. And it's Tuba Hubbard in the end zone for the first Oklahoma State touchdown. The pressure on this pit defense. Number four. Culpepper going up top, and he has a receiver open. Connects with Harris. Stays on his feet inside the 10. He'll score. Wow. On championship trophy presented by Dr. Pepper. UCF to the end zone and strike it again. Trey Nixon. Yeah, there goes the highlights of what's happening on week three. We'll jump into the introduction of week four. This is a consensus rankings brought to you by Clover Crest Media. 
Clemson, Alabama, Georgia, and Oklahoma are the top four of our votes. Uh, I think we all could agree, uh, except for, you know, the Big Ten is not in the picture as of yet. Uh, we do see Ohio State at rank number 19, but, hey, that's because only one voter put in Ohio State. But uh, as close as we get to the Big Ten for next month, we'll see a big change there. But, uh, Joe, any, any, anything that stands out for you here? Yeah, uh, just excited about Mac Jones in Alabama sitting there at the two spot. <laughs> All right, also, woke me up. Also, I, in, I in put the inning because uh, SEC hasn't played anything, so why can't I put the Big Ten in? I didn't say you couldn't. Uh, I mean, also, but, Ovi, but Ovi out already, so. where's where was last week's number seven Georgia Tech? Yeah, when you lose again, you're out of my list. So it no. is what it is. If they're the but, number uh, seven, I think they could drop down to 20s maybe, but completely out of the top 25. Yeah, I think hold on, ranked. hold on. UCF's ranked. That's a- I think Ovi should have to explain where he's got Georgia Tech now on his top 50 list. See, what happened was I added two, five, and ocho, nueve. I don't know what happened. But uh, the good thing is, is that it's all right. You know, the, the board is good. It looks pretty. The colors are beautiful. But you'll see my Georgia Bulldogs being number one. The hell with Georgia Tech. You know, who cares about those yellow jackets? But, uh, hey, this list has looked pretty good. Of course, you know, I, I asked you what stood out. But. You don't see Georgia Tech on that list. I don't know why y'all bring up old stuff, but Sean, <laughs> um, what you got I, here, man? <laughs> yeah, just two things I would say. Um, I would I would put Miami in my top ten right now. Um, I'd have them at number ten, but I, I think their two performances have been uh, awesome. Derek King and the offenses look great. And then um, I would probably I would probably slide Notre Dame into my top four right now, just based off what they've done. Um, they've they've come out and and killed in the first two games. Um, Oklahoma hasn't really played anyone. Obviously, they, they put up for right now. And, and we know how Oklahoma is once they get down to the Final Four, once they make the playoffs. They're super fraudulent. They get blown out every year. So I would like to see someone, um, even if it is Notre Dame, who might the same thing might happen to them, but I, I think they could put up a better contest. So right now I would have uh, Notre Dame in front of Oklahoma and Florida. Well, you could also just slot Texas into like somewhere between 12 and 16 for when they lose their third game of the year. You might as well just get them there now. <laughs> well, I mean, the way the state is on the Big 12, I mean, I think right now they're overranked. But uh, we'll, we'll see. I mean, like I said, Oklahoma's always the contenders, but you always expect them to lose at least one game. You know, so when the Big 10 goes in the picture, Will we see the Big 12 ranking still the way it is now or will they significantly drop? That is the big question. We won't know until November uh, towards Thanksgiving Day where we'll see the committee start voting who's going to be in the top four. Uh, but, hey, moving on to the college pick week four presented by Obi's Opposite Choice, which is named by Dennis Carnes. Uh, I have to correct myself because he's in Daytona Beach, Florida. Uh, he is originally from LaGrange, Georgia. And this is a video of him. Uh, the Mr. Wildman himself. I know he's anxious and waiting for his video to be played. And so here he is from 
if I'm not mistaken, this is Gary Yeoman's pre-owned Super Center. He'll go an extra mile just to, just to sell you a car, and this is what he does over there in Florida. Is he motorboating the water? I got him like I don't even know what's <laughs> happening here. I didn't realize Florida was in that kind of a drought. Um, mm. You needed to resort to this. Wow. That uh that looks like Florida to me. <laughs> oh, it is Florida. It is Florida. <laughs> uh, I mean the right. rest of the day at work's gonna suck if you're Dennis. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he he better bring a change of clothes, I would yeah. hope. That's uh, not man. Good. He's an infantry soldier, man. He'd be all right. He knows how to dry himself with those wet clothes on. He'd be all right. And I and I, I got a feeling he might be responding to this real quick. Yeah, there we go. He says self-waterboarding. Oh, I like that. Uh, I like yeah. that, Dennis. That is great. <laughs> hey. I, he was crazy when I met him. And look, that's the that's the type of leadership that I love, man. High risk, high roller. He's the man. And consistency is key. Yes, of course. And it's talk about consistency here. Sean, you started at number one and you're slipping a little bit. Um, but Jace took over the lead here, going six and two. It's a tight race, but hey, are we ready for some picks? Oh, you know it. All right. So we're gonna start with our first game here, UAB versus South Alabama. Thursday, this is a spread. UAB's favorite negative seven and a half. Well, we'll start with Jace. Oh, uh, yeah, because I'm in the lead, so I got to go first. Yes. UAB, they're, they're, they're a solid school. Uh, South Alabama's been all right. I'm able to cover the spread last week. Don't expect that to happen this week. UAB uh, wins it and covers. I'm going to take South Alabama and the seven and a half points this week. I think they win the game outright too, but that's 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 a whole other story. Um, yeah, I, I wouldn't go as far as them winning outright. But, um, yeah, I do think it's South Alabama will uh, cover the points. I'll, I'll take them. All right, I picked South Alabama. Um, Ah, crap. Now I want to change my pick. Hey, listen, UAB quarterback <laughs> Tyler Johnson is out indefinitely with his non-throwing shoulder injury. Bryson Lucero will be the starter. Uh, no information on Lucero, but South Alabama blew a 24-6 lead against Tulane and lost 27-24. Overall, with all that that's going on, because of the quarterback issue, South Alabama wins. Uh we got a Friday game at eight o'clock, Tennessee, Middle Tennessee, excuse me, versus UTSA, which is uh, San Antonio. Jace. Uh, Middle Tennessee stinks. Uh, they were the team that I think they lost 50 something to zero against uh, Marshall Week One. Uh, they're bad, UTSA. Uh, they're undefeated, which I uh, don't think they're too, too good, but they'll get pick up an easy W this week against Milton C. It's not often I like to agree with Jace, but yes, this is uh, an easy UTSA victory. They go three, and know, it's middle Tennessee is God awful. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to have to go with the uh, San Antonio two on this one. Um, you guys mentioned it, but Middle Tennessee, uh, an embarrassing loss last week to Troy, uh, 47-14. So, uh, yeah, go with uh, San Antonio on this one. 
Well, I'm glad you guys went to the opposite, and I'm going to stick with my name here. Thanks, Dennis. And I will go for Middle Tennessee in this game. This is, this is both their first conference game, and I'm telling you right now, go right ahead. Little Not Tennessee. even with the spread. You're just picking them right I'm out. I'm picking them right out of, baby. I'll That's make a right. deal with you, OV. Mm-hmm. If Middle Tennessee beats UTSA, I will self-waterboard on the next show. <laughs> you heard that, Dennis. All right. Deal. Like All right, moving on. We got a, a huge game here. We got a huge game here. Army versus Cincinnati. Two ranked teams going at it. Uh, but this is a spread. Cincinnati's favorite at negative 14. They will get that 14 and beat the living daylights out of Army. Uh, I think uh, since his offense is good enough, high-powered enough to really punish those long, sustaining drives that Army takes, uh, I, I see this going like Army has like a nice big 20-play drive to get in the end zone. Maybe only kick a field goal, and then Cincinnati scores right off the bat quick, like four four, uh, play drive back and forth. And since he just – the speed, keeping their offense off the field is really going to help them. All right. Yeah, it's a tough game, but I am going to take Cincinnati. Yeah, I'm going to also take Cincinnati with the points. I do think Army will hang around. Uh, until the fourth quarter, I think it will be a pretty good game, but uh, I could see Cincinnati pulling away late, um, maybe winning by 17 or 20. Joe, who am I going for? Army. you damn right. You know why I'm going for Army? Because you like to lose. <laughs> okay, watch this. 2019. <laughs> Ranked number seven, Michigan. Went in overtime, even though Army lost 24-21. The year before that, they went against number five, Oklahoma. Went in overtime and still lost to them. The last time they played a ranked team and got demolished was against Ohio State, 2017. They lost 38 to seven. This is Cincinnati. Okay, they're not better, all right, than Michigan. Okay, they're not better than Oklahoma, but they're still going to be Army. <laughs> if they win, but guess what? I will take Army with the 14 points, and I bet you that they might lose by a field goal at least. Time of possession will belong to Army. They know how to play ranked teams. And they ain't, excuse my language, they ain't no bitches. I'm going to tell you that right now. Army will represent, and I'm going to prove you all wrong. And I'll go waterboarding myself. Matter of fact, I don't know if I got a waterboard. <laughs> is this what the show is going to do? Every I'll just be in my bathtub, and I'll just go under the water. Is that fine enough with you, Joe? Yeah. All right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, I'm gonna opt out of the the waterboarding situation. <laughs> That's smart. Yeah, yeah, goes smart. yeah, of course, of course. Hey, moving right along, we got Georgia and Arkansas straight up. Who you got? This is this is easy. Georgia, uh, Arkansas going at, uh, after a coach change. Uh, rough uh, Georgia, like I said. JT Daniels is the real deal. Georgia by a landslide. Wait, how come Arkansas Arkansas not get any points here? What what is this? What is this nonsense? Picking. 
It's no. a pick them. Pick it. No. Let me pick them. Georgia pick. by like a bazillion. <laughs> if 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 Arkansas was given 35, I would have considered no, nah, I'd have still taken Georgia. Thank you very much. Yeah, go you ahead. gotta go uh with the Razorbacks here. No, nah, I'm just kidding. Uh this is easy <laughs> one. Uh yeah, Bulldogs and a and a blowout in this one. All right. I'm um, you know me. Hey. I, I'm not saying no more. Let's go, dogs. All right, we got negative 14 and a half favorite for Florida versus Ole Miss. Yeah, um, I'm going to go Old Miss with the points here. I, I like Florida a lot this year. I do think they win this. First game being back, it's going to be rough. Uh, I Like I said, I don't like Kyle Trask uh, at QB at all. all right. I do, however, on the other hand, like uh, like Ole Miss is nice dual threat quarterback. He, he'll be able to get some yards. He, he's an underrated uh, Heisman hopeful. Uh, so I, I like Ole Miss to cover. Not win, cover. All right. Go ahead, Joe. Uh, definitely a, a Heisman hopeful, and he'll definitely have his hopes dashed this week when Ole Miss loses by 17. Ooh. Nice. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm thinking uh, similar to Joe on this one. I'm going to take Florida. Um, Ole Miss, you know, bringing in Lane Kiffin, and um, they have a lot of explosive players on offense. Uh, I think their offense will be pretty good this year, but I, I don't think it will um, it'll equal to covering the points here in week one, uh, or not week one, week four, the first game. But, uh, yeah, I'm going to take Florida in the points there. Well, Ole Miss is very lucky. They're not playing Alabama. They usually play Alabama in their first conference game. So mm-hmm. – uh, but we don't know how Lane Kiffin is operating with uh, Ole Miss. It's too early to determine. Well, we haven't seen anything yet. And many programs that he's been to, it seems to go sour for him. So this is like his last straw to being head coach. So, But that doesn't change my pick as I'm going for Florida on this one. So uh, Kentucky versus Auburn, straight up. Who you got? Uh, the, this one is probably the game of the game of the week. This is going to be really, really good. Uh, like I mentioned when we were talking about the SEC quarterbacks, Bo Nix, while I don't like his play all that much, he has a knack for making those moments uh, being really good, being really good when it matters. And I think that will propel Auburn to take the victory over Kentucky here. Yeah, I really like Kentucky this year, and I know the fans are really jazzed about the team they have, and this is going to be a tough one. I think they're they're going to lose a close game here to Auburn, which is uh, a real shame, but yeah, Auburn's Auburn's just a little bit better. I'm going to go with the upset on this one, actually. Um, You know, it's Auburn's first game. Uh, I mean, it's both their first games, but still, we've seen some weird stuff with teams playing in their first game. Um, Auburn lost a lot on defense this past year. And um, I, I wasn't the biggest believer in Bo Nix, so I don't think Kentucky will win big by any sorts, but I could see them pulling this one out late. I'd probably take uh, Kentucky by a field goal in the upset. All right. Well, Auburn has won uh, 17 in the last 18 meetings, and because of that, I'm going to stick with Auburn to win uh, in this game. Uh, Texas versus Texas Tech. Uh, Texas Longhorns are favored by 18 points. Welcome Horns. They're going to get it done. Texas not only gets it done, they are the winners of the Big 12 this year. Oh, yeah. Okay. Uh-huh. Hmm. 
feel like this could be a shootout here. Well, most definitely. It's a big, tough game. They don't have no defense. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Now, I was trying to be cute. Um, oh, I'm not. I'm being ugly. <laughs> this is going to be uh, – I'm struggling because I think Texas – I think Texas definitely wins this by a couple scores, maybe even by 17. That 18th point kind of got me hung up, but because I've been going after Jace all night, I'm going to pick Texas. Yeah, I agree with you guys. Um, I don't think Texas will cover it by too much. I think they'll get it by a slight margin, probably win by three touchdowns. But, uh, yeah, I'm going to go with the Longhorns in this one too. Okay. I'm sorry. Say that. Say your answer again. Mm-hmm. You're saying Texas is going to win over 18 points, correct? Yes. Oh, okay, okay. I thought I heard different. Hey, I, I agree with uh, Texas is going to win. Uh, this is not the first time Elgin has played Texas Tech. Uh, the last two meetings, they've beaten them over 20 points. And I expect Ellinger to throw over 300 yards. And I expect them to score over 40 points with that offense. So Longhorns over Texas Tech. All right, Tennessee versus South Carolina. I really like Tennessee this year. Uh, they got a lot of key assets returning. Uh, the, they are a solid sleeper underdog in that SEC. I could see them knocking off. We're keeping it close with some of the big names in the SEC. So I'm very hopeful for them this year, uh, and I think they get the win here against South Carolina. As I look up between these two, uh, as the, the team running out, is that the cock club? Is that what that says? Yes, yeah, they're, they're the Gamecocks. No, I know what they are. There's a thing called the cock club? You don't think oh. that's weird? Okay. Okay. No. Come on, man. You serious? I can't. I can't stop looking at it. It's all I can see. My God, how obscene! Jeez, I'm taking Tennessee. Oh, <laughs> uh, that's funny. All right. Um. Yeah, I'm gonna go with the Volunteers as well. Um. I. They really. They finished the year strong last year. Um. They looked looked a lot better in the second half. I think they're gonna continue that momentum into this year. Um. And yeah, I don't think South Carolina will be great this year. I, I think Tennessee wins by probably uh, two plus touchdowns. That's it. All right. Well, last season Tennessee did beat South Carolina, and it was that game that uh the starting quarterback for Tennessee, Garatano. Uh, got hit pretty hard and was taken out the game. So this one's going to be a revenge game. And Tennessee, hopefully uh, they'll pull it out. But I, I picked Tennessee over South Carolina. We got NC State versus Virginia Tech. Uh, Virginia Tech is favored by negative six and a half. This is, uh, this is weird for me. Um, I, I don't know. I feel like NC State is always going to be uh, that team that's like scary. They they choose win and want win and who they're gonna really play against. Like sometimes they'll play a Clemson at Clemson's level, and then sometimes they'll play a uh, Clemson at uh, Georgia Tech level. So I, I don't know. And also the fact that this being Virginia Tech's first game uh, makes me a little wary. But but I I do like Virginia Tech this year. Uh, key assets coming back from last season where they finished in the top 25. So uh, I'll go ahead with Virginia Tech and the points here. I really needed an upset 
to pick this week, and it was almost NC State because you're right, uh, Jace. You know they they tend to win those games sometimes where they they totally like play out of their minds. And this could definitely be one of those games, but I'm gonna go with VT to start the year out one and zero. Yeah, I'm um, I'm going with the Hokies as well. Um, I think NC State's one of the worst teams in the ACC right now. Um, and like Jay said, they're just super inconsistent. And uh, Virginia Tech, they're returning a lot of good players. Um, you know, finished last year strong, so. I think they'll make some noise in the ACC this year, and I expect them to, to win big in their first game. All right. Virginia Tech has won four straight games against NC State. Uh, I'm predicting they'll win five in a row, so Virginia Tech and the points. Kansas versus Baylor, and I'm hoping that this game does follow through. Hopefully they don't cancel another game, but as of last week, Baylor at the last – within within hours, I want to say that uh, they had canceled this game that stir up the pot with Houston uh, due to COVID-19. But uh, hopefully this plays out. Kansas at Baylor. Who you got? Uh, I put my faith in Les Miles in Kansas to avenge last year's loss against Coast Carolina. They did not do it. Um, I've been picking Baylor every week since we started this. They haven't played a game yet, so I'm going to stick to my guns here. Go the Baylor Bears. Get the dub. Yeah, uh, Kansas isn't going to beat Baylor in, 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 at Baylor. That's not going to happen. It's not even worth making jokes about at this point. Just Baylor. Just put me down for Baylor. Yeah, I agree. Um, Kansas showing against uh, Coastal Carolina uh, late uh, last weekend was pretty disappointing. Um, Baylor, it's their first game. They obviously lost Matt Rule and a lot of good players to the NFL. But um, I don't. I don't think that will be enough for you know Kansas to take this game. So I could see Baylor uh, winning this one. Yeah, Baylor's defense has been dominant against Kansas for five straight years. Uh, Kansas has not scored a touchdown in the last five meetings. Okay, the they were limited to only single digits. Okay, so being that Les Miles going in the second season, if they score a touchdown, then Jays, I see some progress for. Kansas on this one, but uh, Baylor wins. Uh, Louisville at Pittsburgh. Uh, Pittsburgh favorite two and a half. This is this is another tough one. This is an, another really good game. Um, I like Louisville. I like what I saw, even though they were unsuccessful last week against Miami. Uh, I, I think they bounce back here. Uh, not too sold on Pitt. Um, after beating Austin P and uh, some, I don't even remember Syracuse. Oh, Syracuse! Syracuse isn't that good, but Louisville, yeah, I, I like uh, I like their offense. I like what they got there. Uh, I think they come in and get the dub here. You know, it's funny in the intro video we actually played the only good offensive play Syracuse had in its entire game. Uh, the toss <laughs> from Culpepper that was literally their solo highlight of the week. So thanks uh, no as problem. an orange as an Orangeman <laughs> fan, I appreciate you hooking that up. Um, yeah, Pitts. I think Pitts pretty good, um, but I definitely think Louisville is um, at least head maybe head and shoulders above them. Uh, so I think uh, they do have a real big bounce back. Um, you know, I'll be real excited to see uh, what Louisville does 
in response to to taking that lump like they did last week. But I think they definitely take out Pittsburgh this week and probably by a couple touchdowns. Mm. Yeah, um, I'm also going to go with uh, Louisville with the plus two and a half. Um, they they were in the game with Miami up until late into the fourth quarter um, until the turnovers, obviously. Their offense looks good. And uh, Pitt, I just – they, I thought they should have beat Cuse by a lot more. It was a, a disappointing game. I expected more out of them. Um, so I think that Pitt's going to get their first loss this week, and uh, I'll go with the underdog and the points of Louisville. It's never good when the bookies have you at negative two and a half because you could lose by a field goal, and, and, and that's a wrap, you know. So <laughs> this is a hard one, but uh, I got Louisville on this one. I think Louisville is more prepared for this game. Their competition is a little bit more harder. So, yeah, uh, let's go Cardinals. Let's see if they can make it happen here. Uh, Mississippi State at LSU. This is my upset of the week. Mississippi State gets the win outright against LSU. LSU, everyone, everyone of keynote from last year's season is gone besides Coach O. Uh, even their best wide receiver coming back, Jamar Chase, said, nah, I'm not messing with COVID. So now you just got the shambles of a gr- possibly one of the greatest college football teams ever. Uh, yeah, they're not going to be able to pick the pieces back up again. Mississippi State, very underrated. Uh, they got their stud running back returning as well as a uh, their quarterbacks returning. I think they'll do do okay and get the dub here against LSU, and we will see how fraudulent LSU actually is. No, that's not going to happen. That's um, not 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 no, it's not happening. Absolutely not. It'll be a good game. I'll give you that. It'll be a good game at least till late in the fourth when LSU puts them away. But no. All right. Um. I think I think LSU will struggle against some of the upper echelon SEC teams. Um, I just don't see Mississippi State as one of those teams. Um, I, I think they're, you know, probably making their way towards that. Um, obviously, you mentioned Kylan Hill, the great running back. Um, they they always have a pretty good defense, but I don't see it in a week week one or game one for LSU. I think that, you know, there's a reason that they have all these top recruits every year and um, they don't, they don't rebuild, they reload. So I think that's what we're going to see from the Tigers this year. And um, I'd probably pick LSU by 17 or 21. Mm. This is definitely going to be a good game, a worthwhile seeing this SEC team. Uh, But KJ Costello transferred from Stanford to Mississippi state as a graduate transfer and joins the new head coach, which is a former Washington state coach, Mike Leach. For LSU, we're seeing a new staff, new almost everything here. Not, you know, not not going against, you know, the, the status of LSU. You know, they they had the last two years, they, they have a good um, recruiting in the top 25. But uh, I got Mississippi State on this game. And you are insane. Who's going to de- get out of here, Death Valley? Get out of town. Hold on. Dude, you should There's both no be waterboarded now for making those picks. Well, when I win <laughs> at the end, then you know exactly what you got to do, right? 
Mm-hmm. Outstanding. Thank you. Thank you for acknowledging, Joe. Dennis, if you uh, have techniques you could send, I'd appreciate that. I could use a little, <laughs> I use some tips. Do I make sure the mouth is open when I'm pouring the water in? Or do I want to pour it into the nostrils? Am I pouring more of it in an upward angle? Well, no, no, hold on. I mean, we could, uh, we could look. I'll let Dennis show you again how it's done. Okay. <laughs> All right. The first thing you got to do is get in position, get into the prone. There you go. Just like an airplane. That's all you got to do. All right. right. Apparently, there also needs to be a hurricane going on. There you go. He was actually drinking the water. So. I, I don't I don't know if you want to drink that water. <laughs> this is getting wilder and wilder. Florida, I'm telling you. Oh boy, we got one more game, and and that is Troy versus BYU. Oh oh, the BYU Cougars go and get the win here. This will be my waterboard game of the week. Negative fourteen. If they don't cover. I'll do it. Yeah, you saw what they did. Navy's supposed to be so, so good. You saw the spanking they put on Navy. You think Troy's going to come into town and they're just going to sit back and do nothing? No, BYU's going to steamroll them. And all of a sudden it got quiet. Yeah, Yeah, listen, uh, (laughs) this is definitely (laughs) – we we gotta let Jace end on a high note. I feel right. like I feel yes. like he needs this. He needs our support. Um, oh, yeah, it's all because of me. Because I know you and Sean have eyes, and you know how good BYU is as a football team. After stomping Navy, Joe, what's gonna happen is BYU will wait till Saturday morning to let Troy know. Hey, by the way, we can't play. Because we don't have enough people on our roster like they did against Army last weekend. So I'm not really too excited with this BYU team. But I'm definitely taking Troy and the 14 points just to get on Jason's nerves. <laughs> Wait, can I tell you what I think's going to happen? I think BYU will win this game by 50 points. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yeah. Um. I yeah. I'm gonna go with BYU in the points. Uh, Troy's lone win came against uh, Middle Tennessee, who we already talked about. Uh, it's a terrible team. So I, I could see BYU. I'd probably say winning by four touchdowns. Uh, probably t- by 28 or 31 points. All right. I'm gonna be real with you. It's gonna be 28-14, <laughs> and nobody's gonna freaking win this goddamn game. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. And if it that happens, dude, I swear to God, I'll I'll take a point for myself. Take Screw it. y'all. <laughs> take it. You'll have earned it. <laughs> Anyhow, hey guys, I appreciate it. Thank you so much for being on the show. Uh, like always, hey, catch us every Wednesday, eight o'clock Eastern time. All four downs. Check out the game Saturday. Put your notes in. Hey, you got your comments? Go ahead and leave your comments on Facebook, Twitter, or YouTube. Subscribe to our channel. Like us on Facebook. Follow me on Twitter. Again, this is All Four Down Podcast presented by Clovercrest Media. And Joe, tell us more about Clovercrest Media, please. There are nearly 30 CMG podcasts across the board uh, on a number of different topics. I always tell people, if you don't find one that you like at clovercrestmedia.com, 
You do what we all did. Start your own podcast. You could start a podcast for as low as $15 a month. You could find out more by logging on to clovercrestmedia.com and click on the Start Your Own Podcast tab. Uh, Clovercrest Media, the harder we work, the luckier we get. That's our that's our tagline. We don't believe in luck. We believe in working our asses off. And, and when you do that, good things come. So if you want to be part of a winning team, you want to build out a podcast. If you have an existing podcast and you want to get on a network, again, you could join for uh, for real cheap. Get on cool shows like this, a lot of cross-promotion, the whole nine. So if you want to be successful, join the A-team, Clovercrest Media. Nice. And Tuesdays, don't forget, we got HSW Show. That is the Hard Hit and Wrestling Show every Tuesdays, 8 o'clock Eastern time. And we're definitely going to be talking about a certain Hall of Famer that passed away earlier today, or actually last night, is the Road Warrior Animal. Uh, my deepest condolences to the family, friends, and all the fans. But uh, we are discussing the Tag Team Terminal Tournament, and we're definitely going to be talking about him. So stay tuned. Like Again, on YouTube, uh, Facebook, and Twitter, that is the Hard Hit and Wrestling Show, HHW Show. I'm have a Clovercrest, Jace, Sean, and Joe, thank you for watching. We'll see you next week.